The 395th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL Wins Totals Contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by Parlay Play. Parlay Play is a lead pipe locking for parlaying player props. Go to parlayplay.io and use promo code SGP for a 100% deposit bonus today. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 395. It's going to go out to one of our friends in the Sports Gambling Podcast Discord. Get in the Discord if you're not already. Scuba, who hit a massive prop bet last night. Plus, I don't know, Gumby will remember when I introduced oh, him. But yes, 1,100. 1,100. Plus 1,100 prop bet last night on Dana White Contender Series. So this goes out to Scuba. Um, me, the person who's talking, I'll be Jeff Chalks Fox. The top... Dana White Contender Series pro- prognosticator on this podcast. I, <laughs> I killed it last night without watching tape. So that, that's just just or, the way I the, roll. Or the fights themselves. Did you catch or up the, on them at least? <laughs> I did. I watched the fights. Let's bring in uh, this man did good, but only because a couple of massive underdogs came through and saved his ass. It's one and only Gumby Vreeland. Hello. Yeah, I mean, I felt really good. And actually, if you go back and you listen to uh, last, well, I guess it was Sunday show, because now we do two Sunday shows. Uh, the two dogs I felt the best about uh, were the biggest ones. And so they were the ones I was the heaviest on. And man, did they both hit. Um, and, it's, you know, we should have just dedicated this episode. Not that that uh, that Scuba is not a, a willing and, and able and honorable person to give it to. But uh, I, I do think Kevin Borges... Uh, probably yes. deserved it. Man, that dude was lightning on the feet uh, and made plus 280 look not so bad. Yes, it, w- it was a good start to leave and good start to contender series all around. Um, I went three and two just blindly made. Well, I didn't, I, I can't say I blindly made picks. You, you, I, you I, made I, resume I picks. Do, you did yes. resume picks. Yeah, yeah. Resume picks. Yes. So I went three and two with, with the big plus 280. So that helped. So I, I was. Uh, up 250 bucks. See, I'm counting it now that I actually did good. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, on the episode, I kept putting qualifiers, but maybe I'll go back and, and edit all that out. Gambioni went two and three, but the most important thing is he made 200 bucks on $100 bets because he hit a plus 280 hit and in the main event, plus 220. D- didn't look so hot to begin uh, the main event, but I'll made a turnaround for you. I, you know, I thought he, he actually looked pretty good the whole time. Uh, we don't have to rehash the whole fight here, but, you know, he, he gave up a takedown, but he never let Fernando settle in. Like, he, he just was constantly moving, started getting up, and then it turns out he's got kind of his own ground game, which is, uh, yeah. I, I think, you know, as ex- for as exciting as a four-fight, 35-year-old middleweight <laughs> prospect can be, um, which is the craziest list of qualifiers. He's got to be That's the most exciting. He's got to be the most exciting that could possibly exist, right? <laughs> Perhaps the only one as well, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> you you really uh, are winnowing down the the talent pool when you when you uh, mentioned all those qualifiers. But yeah, no, he, he looked uh, for a, a kickboxing guy. He, he looked very interesting. Uh, yeah, you got to shout out to the guys. Some interesting things on the ground. Yeah, shout out to the guys from Extreme Couture who have clearly yeah. gotten that dude ready for a real MMA fight rather than because uh, he just beat an LFA champ. He just yeah, beat a exactly. guy who's like at the top of LFA. Uh, and, and to do that in your fourth pro fight, 
when the the best guy you fought outside of that was five and twenty four, that is a huge jump in talent all of a sudden. <laughs> it sure is. And um, n- not to make this a whole contender series episode because that will be Sunday. We will be what we can run run through these fights once again on Sunday and make our winning picks for week two. But yeah, it was a uh, it was a good performance. A lot of good performances last night. And uh, the boss gave contracts out to everyone, of course, because I think that's the way we're going to roll this season. If Machado, because yes. I like I like Kyle Machado. You know he was on my show. He was on Top Turtle. Yep. Uh, I and he's a real entertaining guy, a sweet man. Um, and I would say, uh, if Dana White gave him a contract, there's no limit to the type of people he's going to give contracts to because that fight stunk. He <laughs> sure did. He sure did. Um, all right. Hopefully the fights we're going to cover today won't stink. We're we're covering UFC Fight Night: Luke versus Dos Anjos, aka UFC and ESPN. Uh, he's going down this Saturday at the UFC Apex back in the cozy confines of the Apex, uh, 4 p.m. prelim start time Eastern on ESPN. That's what we're going to zero in on today, the prelim fights. Um, and then we got a seven o'clock main card on ESPN. Um, same amount of fights, six fights. Actually, there's seven we're going to cover today and the prelim six on the main card. That will be tomorrow's episode. Uh, so we're going to jump into the six fight prelims after I tell you about the sports gambling podcast, Patreon, sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL win totals contest with a thousand dollar first place prize, first place prize, tongue twister. Besides season long contests, they also have weekly contests just for the Patreons, plus a monthly SGP stories podcast, completely ad free and full of behind the scenes stories from SGPN. There's even a discord channel just for the patrons. Only you can prevent corporate gambling. Do your part and sign up today. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. All right. Here we go. Luke versus Dos and Jos. Um, we're going to start things off with a women's flyweight fight. A newcomer versus a returning. I want to call her a veteran, but she's had five fights. So maybe not really a veteran. That would be killer Juliana Miller. Now she's going up against Luana Santos. So we'll tell you about the killer Miller first three and two, one knockout, two submissions. So she's finished everyone. He, uh, she herself has never been finished in a fight. She's one and one in the UFC won her debut, which got her the ultimate fighter championship. She went two and on the house and then won her debut fight. And then she lost badly in her last fight. Uh, she was one and one in Invicta before all this is a pro grappler. Got an inch of height on Santos, plus 136. The newcomer, Santos, 5-1 and one with three submissions. Never been finished in a fight. This is her UFC debut. She's won two straight fights. Won her last fight via submission. Used to fight up at flyweight and up at bantamweight as well. Two inches of reach on Miller, four years younger. Is a judo champion, and she's at minus 150. And I kick it over to the Gumby God to get us started. You said minus, minus 150 on Santos? Minus 150, yeah. That number went a little not in our way because we we're picking Santos, right? Of course we are. Yeah, it was like negative 135 <laughs> when I nabbed it early in the yeah, week. So yeah. I was like, you are telling me I can get a like a living, breathing human being to beat Killer Miller at, <laughs> at negative 135? Uh, and it's neg- even at negative 150. I echo that sentiment. Like, you are going to give me somebody who's fought before. In his negative 150 against Juliana Miller. That's wild. Uh, and that's if you don't do film study on Luana Santos. Like, if, even if you haven't watched Luana Santos, you don't know that she's a, you know, like a high level judo practitioner. You don't know any of that stuff about her. Like, she's got a pulse in his one fights in LFA. She should have no problem with Juliana Miller. But then when you watch her, too, like, 
Okay, so she's not the crispest striker you've ever seen in your life. She's a little on the slow side. She's kind of what you expect from somebody who's only had six pro fights. But she's got a real heavy right hand. Um, in her last fight, she knocked down Bar- uh, uh, Bartira. Bartira Rodriguez? Is it Bartira? Bartira Rodriguez, I'm pretty sure. Um, she knocked her down with a big right hand before finishing up with an absolutely gnarly guillotine. Like, she's got great submission skills. She's a big fan of... Um, that submission that uh, Montserrat Canejo hit back in uh, Invicta, the uh, Case of Katami uh, Leg Americana, which is pretty sick. She's gotten a couple of those on the, the regional scene. So, like, sh- she's got good sub skills on the ground. But even apart from that, like, I just think, you know, she's going to light Miller up on the feet. Miller is going to take a very ugly shot at her legs, and she's going to get choked. Um, or if that doesn't happen and she doesn't get a chance to take a, she's going to be woozy from the shots. And then, uh, Santos is going to jump in and finish her. Cause like, look, Santos is a finisher. I know Miller's tough, but man, it, she's just like, she's not up to the skill level she needs to be, to be in the UFC. And is she not going to be, um, physically out, out, uh, muscled in this fight too? I, I mean, I think Santos so. I mean, like she, stronger than her. She, Cause she's, she's gonna, a small she she seems to be a small straw weight. She's a skinny straw weight. Yeah, it's probably yeah. the right way to say because she's. I mean, she has five seven. That's like a, the yeah. average height of a, a flyweight. I feel like, but at the same time, you're right. Like she is going to be out muscled by everybody. She's very skinny. Right. Um, whereas Lu, I mean, the, for those of you who are looking for just any reason to dump money on Luana Santos, just pull up her tapology page. She has muscles. There you go. There's enough. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Sorry. And, yeah, and it's so yeah, this she, is, I, I said strawweight. This is flyweight. Excuse me. On that. Yeah, yeah, yes. fly, fly, flyweight. Yeah, yeah. So yep. yeah, Luana Santos should have no problem here. Um, I I think she's gonna, I think she's gonna finish her. If we're gonna be honest here. Oh, maybe we have a prop bet. We'll have to wait and see tomorrow. Uh, a sub finish, perhaps a submarine I actually, finish. I actually, so I know she's got only subs on her record. I, so yeah. I was I was looking at this number beforehand because I have sort of circled it as a prop I'm interested in. It's plus 375 right now for any kind of finish. Yeah. And so you can get cute and try to like get it up to 500 or 600 if you want to pick sub or you want to pick knockout. But the problem is if she's got really heavy hands and the reason she got her last sub was her heavy hands. So rather than sit there and have to like, you know, worry that she's going to club and sub when I have knockout or she's going to club too hard and not be able to sub. Uh, and when I have submission, I'd rather just take inside the distance. That That's a fat enough number anyway. There you go. Beautiful. All right. We'll go to a last minute fight. This one just got made basically earlier in this week. Uh, Jose or Jose Johnson um, is stepping in to fight them on a black shirt at a bantamweight fight. Um, let's break her down, shall we? We have talked about Johnson before, have we not? I remember, I remember talking about his nickname, Lobo Solitario. Yeah, he was on contender, he was on contender series. Um, and we broke down that fight, and I actually think we broke down his fight with Garrett Armfield too, which got uh canceled at the last minute with a health health issue with Jose Johnson. Yes, he's Lobo Solitario, Solitario, damn, you know what that means, right? Uh, yeah, the solitary wolf. Yes, the lone wolf. Doesn't that sound better? Don't you think the lone wolf sounds better than the solitary wolf? I like the solitary wolf much better. (laughs) Actually, yeah, it might be a good title for the episode too. We shall see. Um, All right, let me tell you about him first. That would be Johnson. 15 and 7, seven knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted three times. This is a short notice debut. One-on-one in contender series. He's won three straight fights. He's not lost since May of 2021. 
multiple regional championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the t-shirt sports gambling podcast.com slash store. Um, what else? He used to fight up at featherweight, two inches taller than at Blackshear. Based off his uh contender series fights, he's got better striking stats in Blackshear, and he did outstrike his opponents in the two contender series fights by 0.84 strikes per minute. And he also is a pro Muay Thai practitioner. He's at plus 164. The monster Damon Blackshear, 13-5-1, two knockouts, eight submissions, never been finished in a fight. One one and one over in the UFC. One is last fight via TKO. He was the CFFC champion before this. One no in Bellator. Used to fight up his featherweight as well. A regional champion. He's got an inch of reach on Johnson. Based off their small sample size, uh, he's more active landing strikes and has better grappling stats. However, he's been outstruck on the in the UFC by 0.26 strikes per minute, minus 175. Uh, give me Blackshear. I, I, I kind of like him um, overall. Plus, I'm not going to take a short notice debut fighter who's only had a, a couple of days um, notice for this fight. And um, he lost in contender series, too. So it's not like he's tippy top. He's lost seven times already, for uh, for that matter. So, yeah, give me the uh, the monster to beat the solitary wolf. So I, I will say he has has come a long way since his loss on contender series. He looked awful in that loss and it was to Ronnie Lawrence, which is respectful um, in a loss there. But I would say this two things about it. Jose Johnson is a guy who a lot of his early losses came by having issues with wrestling. Like, uh, you know, like his, his, well, he didn't lose to Mo Miller, but he was losing to Mo Miller before he locked in a triangle choke. He was having trouble with the wrestling. He had trouble with the wrestling of Ronnie Lawrence. He had trouble with the wrestling Dre Miley a little bit. He had trouble with the wrestling of Levi Molis. So, like, all of the the wrestling caused him trouble early on. And then he he kind of turned it around and showed he had a little bit of wrestling against Jack Cartwright. But he hasn't shown it enough for me to be like, oh, that's now a part of his game that's like a strength. And DeMond Blackshear wrestles really well. Like, he's an exceptionally good wrestler. So when you consider that Blackshear is, like, a good wrestler and Jose Johnson is, like, you know, that's an improving part of his game, it might give me enough to pick Jose Johnson if he wasn't coming in on short notice. The short notice here is super alarming because Blackshear puts a pace on people. He's a grinder. This is going to be a fight that wears you out. And, you know, cutting all that weight last second, coming in without having a dedicated training camp, the types of things DeMond Blackshear does, I, I think that all spells disaster for Jose Johnson. Um, otherwise, like, I I'd probably give this fight more of a thought. But uh, the fact that the line is where it's at is kind of crazy, don't you think? Like, uh, for yeah, a short notice we're, guy? We're getting a good we're getting a good line there, yeah. For sure. And and you, I you think know, you know me and my short notice. Yeah, and I but I do know that. But I also think it opened a lot wider and either the money's coming in on Jose Johnson because hey, maybe people do remember that win against Cartwright, which I mean it blew me away. I had Cartwright in that contender series fight and was very shocked that Jose Johnson fought the way he did. Um but like yeah, I I mean Blackshear has looked good, you know, apart from tiring a little bit against Yusuf Zalal, which was because he himself was coming in on short notice. Uh, and he beat the hell out of Luan Lacerda. He, he absolutely dominated that dude. And so then he struggled with Fareed Bashara. Like, uh, you know, we're going to we're gonna give him negative 170 on a short notice debutant because he struggled with Fareed Bashara? Like, that doesn't seem right. So, yeah, I, I think the odds here are, are worth a play for sure. And debutant is a fun word as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I try to sneak it in there once an episode it if is. I can. <laughs> <laughs> once an episode. Wow. All right. Uh, let me see. Shall we move on to another fight? We shall. We're going to go women's strawweights. Jacqueline Amarim, 
Oh, we were. She broke our hearts in her debut against Montserrat Ruiz. One of Gumby just mentioned her. Montserrat she did. Conigo. She did not. She did not Ruiz. break our hearts in her debut. No, she, <laughs> uh, she's on Gumby's Mount Rushmore for what was she at when you picked her? And what fight was plus, that? It was two plus, fights ago, right? Plus three hundred. She beat Cheyenne Bleesmas. Uh, right. Then then Cheyenne Bays. <laughs> yes. Now pregnant Cheyenne Bleesmas apparently. So we won't yes, be very, her for very, a bit. very, very pregnant. Yes, very pregnant. All right. Women's strawweights, neither of these women are pregnant. Hopefully, they do check, I know, before a fights. All right, we're going to tell you about Ruiz Conijo, means her nickname is uh, Rabbit. Correct. 10 and 2, three knockouts, two submissions. She's been knocked out once. One and one in the UFC, got TKO'd in her last fight. Uh, that was back in July of 2021. She's not won since March of 2021. That was the aforementioned big hit for you, right? Yeah, I think that's correct. Two fights go. Yeah. A one and one in Invicta, multiple regional championships on her. Mantle. Correct. Get the t-shirt sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. Uh, used to fight at up at flyweight, better striking stats, more active landing strikes, and better grappling stats than Amarim, but Amarim has only fought once and not very well in the UFC. Uh, minus, oh, she has been outstruck. Uh, he, she being Ruiz by 1.28 strikes per minute, plus 200. Amarim, Jackie is her nickname, Dan. What a great nickname, eh? Yeah, it's great. Your nickname's Dan. Will you accept it? <laughs> uh, no, it's got me. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, she is six and one, MRM, one knockout, five submissions. So she's finished all of her opponents, all of her wins. Never been finished herself in a fight. Oh, one UFC was the LFA champion before. Uh, is a, is a pro grappler, three inches height, seven inches of reach, and two years younger than Reese. She got outstruck in her UFC debut by 2.27 strikes per minute, minus 238. Are we giving her another shot, Dan? I'm gonna go with Ruiz. Oh, um, really? Yeah, and it's, I guess you it's have to. It's well, I, I don't have to, but it's not necessarily entirely heat on a Um, but you know, like you, I, I was really high on her, you know, like when she came in to fight Sam Hughes, I was like, you know, you'd be dumb not to dump a truckload of money on her at negative 275. And obviously that burned, but like when you go back and you look at her wins, like she doesn't have a lot of high level competition she's fought, right? Like the best fighter she's ever fought is Ashley Nichols. She's five and four right now. Um, and to be fair, Ashley Nichols is a Muay Thai fighter. Uh, and so like she submitted a Muay Thai specialist and Montserrat Ruiz has things that will cause problems for Jackie Amorim. She's got really good takedowns. Granted, they're unconventional as hell. Um, cause she like, lo she loves that stupid head and arm throw that always seems like her back's going to get taken and it might get her back taken here. I I'm not saying it won't, but like, she's got things like that, that are awkward she gets on top. She's strong when she is on top. She holds position. Cheyenne Vlismas did not go anywhere during the grappling in that match. And so, like, I think that all of those things put together and you have to be like, you know, it's not like Amorian can just be like, okay, we're going to make this a stand-up fight and, and she's going to have to deal with my length. Amorian looked terrible striking. Like, really bad striking. So, like, I, I think Ruiz might have an uh, advantage there. I think she might have an advantage in the power. I think she might have an advantage in the ability to take the fight to the mat. She is going to have a jujitsu disadvantage. That's for sure. But is that going to matter if Amorim's on the bottom? I think at plus 200, you have to find out. I'm still going with Amorim. Um, I'll give her another shot, Dan. And Ruiz is coming off a long... Um, long layoff as well, and coming off getting TK out. So, give me the favorite here, but um, not a big fan of this line. It's a pretty, pretty big line for for how uh, 
poorly she fought in her UFC debut. So we shall see where it's going. We are not on the same page. Maybe we'll get on the same page after I tell you about a brand new sponsor of ours, Parlay Play. We're brought to you by Parlay Play. Parlay Play is a great way to get down on your favorite parlayed player props. Football season is right around the corner, and Parlay Play will have all your favorite props. Parlay Play is available in a ton of states, including California and Texas. Plus, our good friends up north. That's me. Parlay Play is available in a bunch of provinces in Canada. And when you sign up with our code, you'll get a sweet bonus to get started. Uh, do you have a Parlay Play you like? Uh, actually, do you have a Parlay? You, you want to give someone a Parlay Play in advance, Dan? So I will or just you get... give another sport. I mean, I will tell you it, on uh, Parlay Play, I've noticed uh, in playing in the past because I'm not just the spokesperson for them, but I'm also oh. a customer. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I've noticed in the past they have some pretty sweet uh, UFC props that that come up on there nice. a little bit later in the week. So I can't give you any on a Wednesday, but I would just tell you that like if you're looking for something like that, they usually have significant strikes, uh, things that you can put together. Like you can put together right. takedowns and significant strikes. I wouldn't mind taking Montserrat Ruiz on over on the significant strikes and mm. over on the takedowns. She might just hit enough takedowns and, and get those strikes in. Fantastic. And if in doubt, just take a bunch of Atlanta Brave parlays, right? That's right. Uh, over over on hits for uh, Austin Riley, uh, Matt Olson, you know, everybody, really. Everybody. All right, so head over to parlayplay.io and use promo code SGP for 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's parlayplay.io, promo code SGP. All right. Moving righty long to heavyweights. Oh boy. Josh Chunky versus- guys. <laughs> Chunky guys. Not like last night contender series, but uh nonetheless. Uh Josh Friesen versus Martin Boudet. We'll tell you about Parisian first. We just broke down a fight for him a few weeks ago that fell through on him. Uh Parisian's 15 to 6, 11 knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once. Two and three in the UFC. He's gone lost win, lost win, loss over his UFC career. So he did lose his last fight. Took him. Two wins on the contender series to get in. He was 2-0 on the contender series. Was a regional champion. He's been outstruck over his UFC and contender series career by 0.05 strikes per minute. He got two inches of reach on Boudet. Better grappling stats, plus 186. Baddies, Martin Boudet, 12-1. and one. Uh, Six knockouts, two submissions. Never been finished in a fight. Won three, it went 3-0 in the UFC. 1-0 contender series. 11 straight wins. He's not lost a fight since October of 2017. He's a regional champion. Two years younger than Parisian, better striking stats, more active landing strikes. However, he has been outstruck over his four fights. You have seen contender series by 0.11 strikes per minute. Minus 218. Gimme Boudet, obviously. I'm not going to pick Josh Parisian for crying out loud. Um, not that Boudet is amazing. He hasn't really beaten anyone amazing either. Uh, look at that resume. You'll see some names we like to clown on sometimes, but um, I like him in this fight. The, the thing about his fight style, though, is it's wearing. Right, like he puts yes. you up against the cage and just drains you. And his his boxing isn't awful, right? Like he he boxed kind of competently with Chris Barnett, which again a, a guy sometimes people clown on, but he's not easy to box with. I think we can all we don't clown on him around these parts. Yeah, yeah, no, but but even if you're you're one of the folks who are, are terrible enough <laughs> to clown on uh, on yes. Huggy Bear, like he's a, you you can say what you want about his grappling, but he's at least not easy to box with. And Boudet did an okay job boxing with him. Um, and Parisian is also a guy who, you know, had trouble with the, the physicality of Jamal Pogues and Parker Porter, um, which is like maybe enough to say that like he, he does have trouble in the clinch with people. I think, I think I can put a period at the end of that sentence. He has trouble in the clinch with people. Um, (laughs) yep. Is, is he not the one who Dante Mays humped his head? Am I wrong about that? Was that Parisian or who you talk about? Uh, uh, Parisian. I think 
Uh, I think Parisian is the one who Dante Mays humped his head. <laughs> you, you know the one I'm talking about? I remember I, I remember it. Yeah, you can't remember who it is, but yes. Yeah, somebody in the that's Discord fantastic. hit us up and let us know if, if <laughs> that's whose head got humped. But um yeah, you can't you can't go with him after that. Uh especially against the guy who's good at grinding. So give me uh give me Martin Boudet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, good at grinding. Uh for sure. All right. The baddies. We're both in on the baddies. All right. Next fight. It, it's actually good. The fights I have questions about, um, I'm doing the math, and it's you, you You get to pick first in all of them, which is good. So I can tell you or choose not to. Like <laughs> this fight, for instance. I have a feeling I know who you're going to pick here, because I think you hate someone in this fight. Maybe not hate, but you... No, uh, I love pick, both of these guys. Oh, okay, good. I, mu- I must be thinking of someone else. Featherweights, Francis Marshall versus Isaac Dalgarian. Is he Armenian, Dan? With the Air- Ian in the last fight. I know he's from I... America, but is he originally... Is his family... I believe Armenian. he has. I, I believe he has Armenian ancestry. All right. So um, Ryan in the Discord will be rooting for him and putting all his money down on him, right? He, he can. He can be an honorary Armenian today. <laughs> okay. Let me tell you about. Oh, Parisian. Is there any Armenian in him? I wonder. That's another Ian. We're going to Ryan hit us up in the in the Discord. He, Let us. He know. he looks less Armenian than <laughs> he does. Than, look Dulgar- less. than Dulgarian does. I will just say that. <laughs> that is true. All right. But Dalgarian is the Midwest Choppa, C-H-O-P-P-A. Did you know that, Dan? I did know that, yeah. Uh, all right. He's 5-0, and three knockouts, two submissions. This is his UFC debut. Was a regional champion, plus 138. Fire Marshall is the nickname for uh, Elliot Marshall. Maybe you just picked against him in his contender series. Also, Maybe this that's what I'm thinking. This, this one's not Elliot Marshall, though. It's Francis. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I said <laughs> Elliot, didn't I? Yes. Yeah. We, I, I think we, we both. Yeah, well, I wasn't picking then. You picked against him, and his, he was supposed to lose his contender series fight. I right? did. I took Connor yeah. Bad News Matthews. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Bad. All right. So Fire Marshall, 7-1, one knockout, four submissions. Not the old guy. Fire Marshall, this is a new one. Never been finished in a fight. One and one the UFC, lost his last fight, one and all on contender series, used to fight at lightweight. Two inch sight over a Dolgarian, three years younger, minus one fifty five. All right, break it down. Tell us about Dolgarian. So for, I'm gonna pick for those of us who don't know anything about I'm gonna pick Dolgarian, especially at the number that came in. What was the number you said again? One thirty eight you'll get for him. Yeah, and, and I like that. And and I will say this because when when I watched Francis Marshall in his first fight, when he fought Marcelo Rojo, I was like, damn, his boxing's got really good, which is kind of what I said against Matthews. Like, I always saw him as just a wrestler whose boxing got really good. And then in his fight with William Gomi, it kind of just became apparent that, like, uh, maybe Marcelo Rojo and Connor Matthews are just kind of hittable. Um, it's not that his boxing's bad, but, like, maybe I was overestimating it, and Gomi kind of showed that to me. Dolgarian hits so hard. Like, he hits so freaking hard. And in addition to that, he's a great wrestler. Um, He made the switch from training at Glory when it all shut down, and now he's out at Factory X. He's, like, training with Brandon Roy Vall every day. Like, and he's been doing that for, like, eight or nine months. Um, Or actually a little bit more than that, because he was supposed to fight. He was supposed to make his debut, uh, I believe, back in January. Um, which is when he pulled out with a really bad injury. So he's been there for like almost a full year. So we're going to see like, he, he was always a heavy hitter, but now like a year's worth of training with the guys at factory X, what that's done and already being a powerful wrestler with just brutal ground and pound. Um, also I'm pretty sure this, yeah, no, I'm positive. This is the guy who, uh, was supposed to be signed to the Nelk boy con or uh, Nelk boy contract. I, I still don't know what that is. Neither uh, do yeah. you. 
Yeah, I don't know what a Nelk boy is, but I remember they were supposed to pick a fighter (laughs) off of looking for a fight. They picked him, uh, and then it turned out that they didn't want to just, like, sponsor his training and stuff like that. What they wanted was to be his manager, and he was like, I already have a manager, uh, and he's a great one, and he's got me where I was. So the UFC still signed him. He's still with his manager, uh, but, like, the Nelk boys are no longer involved, which is probably for the best. Um, So, like, you know, like all, all that being said, Powerful puncher, good wrestling. I think he just nullifies enough of that wrestling game of Marshall, and I think he winds up being the heavier hitter on the feet. So, uh, yeah, give me give me the honorary Armenian Dolgarian. All right, you saw me. I, I need more dogs. Is this a chalky card for you? Is this a chalky card for me? So. It, for me, it was just a card where I felt like uh, I didn't feel really good about anybody I picked. Like, literally anybody. I will tell you, like, <laughs> this is one of, like, Martin Boudet, yeah, like, we should, you should feel good picking against Josh Parisian every time, but then you're like, oh, I'm really going to pay negative 218 for Martin Boudet? Ew. Um, You know, yes. like, it's just, like, one of those days. And, like, same thing with, like, um, you know, like, well, we'll talk about the next one. It's it, literally the next fight is how I feel about that. It's like, I'm really about to pay, and I'm going to spoil a pick here. I'm really about to pay negative 270 or whatever the hell the number is on Terrence McKinney. You're, you're on short notice. I'm really <laughs> going to pick that number. And yes, yes, I am. So there's the spoiler. Yes, I'll go first on that one too. But like, that's how I feel about this card. <laughs> See, we're we're not those touters that, you know, tell you where our picks are going to win 100% and we're 100%. Um hundred percent confident on our picks. No, Dan just told you he doesn't feel good about any of his picks. He's given you. So that's good. Yeah. This card sucks for as far as (laughs) how how confident you can feel. (laughs) It's true. All right. Let's go to the co-main event of the prelims. That's uh, quite a qualifier again. Um, All right. It's a lightweight fight. The aforementioned Terrace McKinney versus Mike Breeden. No, not the Mike Breeden that used to work for me back in the olden days. Um, This is money. Mike Breeden 10 and five with eight knockouts. He's been knocked out twice. 0-2 in the UFC. He's not fought since April of 2022. He's not won since May of 2021. 0-1 on Contender Series. 1-0 in Bellator. Used to fight at welterweight. He's more active. Landing strikes than McKinney. Minus, he's been outstruck by 0.95 strikes per minute, so almost a strike a minute. And he is at plus 240. T-Rex. W-R-E-C-K-S. McKinney. Uh, 16, 13 and 6, excuse me. Five knockouts, eight submissions, so he's finished everyone, and he's been finishing every fight that he's lost. Four knockouts, two submissions so never gone the distance this is a short notice fight for him three and three in the ufc he's lost two straight fights both via finish he has missed weight before so maybe keep that in mind here especially since this is a short notice and he just fought fairly recently was a regional champion used to fight down to featherweight and up at welterweight three inches of reach five years younger than breeden better striking and grappling stats and he has outstruck his ufc opponents by 0.57 strikes per minute minus 270 as dan said yes we're gonna have to take terrence mckinney He's just, uh, usually I go with my short notice uh, stats and I fade the short notice guy because they only win 38% of the time. However, um, when the talent level is is um, tipping really heav- heavily in the favor of a fighter coming in on short notice, I will break the rule. So that, that's what the case is here. Uh, McKinney's just way better than Breeden. So Bre- I will Breeden take got, him. Breeden got manhandled. And I do mean manhandled by Natan Levy. Uh, which is not a really good guy to get out wrestled by uh, because I, I, I don't think particularly highly into Tom Levy's grappling skills, although I guess he looked all right against Gennaro Valdez. Um, but like, yes, Terrence McKinney should run right through him. 
I don't want to pay negative 270 for Terrence McKinney on short notice, being that he's thrown up a couple of duds. Maybe the way to bet this one is to say, uh, find the Terrence McKinney round one prop, put a little bit yeah. on that, and then find a little bit for a Mike Breeden round two prop and put a little bit on that. Uh, and you'll probably come out on top. So that's, oh, okay. maybe that's maybe that's the strategy here. You think McKinney's going to gas out, especially a short notice? I mean, like, he's gassed out in every single one of his <laughs> yep. losses. Am I wrong? And some yep. of them, it doesn't even make it to the second round. No, it's right? true. Like, like, the Drew Dober one, right, was first round. But the Bonfim one was second round. The the Sadikoff one was second round. And, I mean, he just quit in the Sadikoff one. Um, but meanwhile, he's got knockout wins over Matt Frivola and Ferris Zayem. <laughs> Well, he really could choke Ferris Zayim. But, like, think about how crazy those two wins are on a record for a guy who just got rear naked choked by Nazim Sadikov. Like, round one, Terrence McKinney is very good. Um, And I think that's all you should need against Mike Breeden. Like, I don't think Mike Breeden's good enough that he can survive that one round. Um, You know, Alexander Hernandez got in there and got him out in, you know, pretty easy fashion. So, like, I think McKinney should. But, man, dude, I... You ain't paying 270 for that guy. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So this is this is could be uh put up or shut up for Terrence McKinney. If if you can't pull this off, then no, we we got some problems. Um, we probably have problems as it is. So all right. Main event of the prelims, Bantamweights, JP Bays. Yes, he still exists, versus Marcus McGee. Uh, I will tell you about base uh or bias it's base it's, it's so base you had it right the first time Stop. Yes, yeah it's base his ex-wife has changed her name so i don't have to say base anymore um he's a young savage dan he is still actually young so we'll, we'll allow that nickname he's still in his 20s he's nine and five three knockouts five submissions but knocked out three times submitted once oh and three in the ufc uh two of those have come via knockout or tko he's not fought since june of 2022 he's not won since november of 2020 one one on the contender series is a regional champion Used to fight at flyweight six years younger than McGee. Uh, he's been outstruck in the UFC by 1.13 strikes per minute. And, and that concludes his two contender series fights as well. And he's got better grappling stats than McGee. Plus 300. We're talking about fun lines. Here's another one. The maniac, Marcus McGee. 7-1, six knockouts, one submission. So he's finished everyone. And he's been finishing his one loss. He got submitted. One and only UFC. He's won three straight fights. All via finish, as, as I said. He's fight up at featherweight, three inches of height, two inches reach on buys, better striking stats, and he's twice more active landing strikes. He's outstruck his UFC opponents, which is one by 1.71 strikes per minute, minus 350. Obviously, McGee is the play. He, he looked fantastic in his UFC debut. That was, was that short notice debut as well? It was a short notice debut, yes. yeah. So, so he, he, he wrecked my stat. I'm sure we both picked against him. Um, I picked him. Yeah. Oh, well, there you no, go. I, I picked him. So originally, Journey Newson was supposed to fight uh, um, Brian Kelleher. And I was in on Newson to beat Kelleher. I had already done my breakdown and was like, oh, Journey Newson, nice underdog here, could beat Brian Kelleher. Brian Kelleher pulled. He's got some weird, I think it's a cervical issue um, that he's dealing with. Um, But anyway, uh, he pulled out of that fight and insert Marcus McGee. And uh, I I was like, this is a terrible matchup for him. All of a sudden, it's like one of the worst matchups he could have. Um, and McGee cashed uh, obviously big for me. I, I think there's a couple of things we hate about Bays here. Uh, the first one being he's coming in here on short notice. He's 0-3. He's been knocked out two out of the last three fights. And by guys who we don't think of as having crazy punching power, Cody Durden and Bruno Silva, um, he's a flyweight 
for the most part, and he's going to be fighting a bantamweight here. I mean, like, he, he has to wrestle or else there's not really much there, right? Like, that's kind of the J.P. Bay's formula, right? Like, if he can wrestle a little bit, if you watch, like, you know, him on the Contender Series or you watched him, he actually beat Christian Rodriguez way back when um, in LFA. But, like, when he could wrestle those guys, he could win fights. But, like, he ain't going to wrestle Marcus McGee being as big as he is and knowing that, like, that's all he's got. Um, I, I think McGee's just going to absolutely torture him. Uh, I, I think Marcus McGee is an obvious pick here. Um, negative 350 kind of sucks. But, uh, yeah, like, it's probably the best I'm going to feel about any number on this card. Um, first of all, you said a guy had a cervical injury. Guys don't have cervixes, Dan. <laughs> the, did you the, know that? Yeah, I did. I did know that. Yeah. Okay. All right, okay. <laughs> I just thought I'd clear that up. All right. Hey, thank um, you. Thank you for that. Yes. <laughs> M- McGee is the pick, obviously here. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's recap the episode. We both have <laughs> McGee. Dan's still laughing. Thank God. I finally yeah. got a real laugh out of him. Um, I'm, I'm just. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that word. The, uh, that word means both those things. So <laughs> the, the the pullout joke from the other episode didn't didn't land with you as much as I wanted it to, but this one did. That's good. There you go. There you go. We got this, McGee. This one was actually McGee. funny. This one works oh, both there ways. You go. Oh, that's yeah. the key. Okay, you got to be funny. All right. Didn't realize that. Um, I didn't know dads had to be funny. We got McGee. We got McKinney. It's a Mick episode. We've got Dolgarian. We don't have the other Ian. We got Boudet instead in that fight. Uh, I have Amarim. He has a Ruiz. I have, well, we both have Blackshear, excuse me. And we both have Santos, right? That's correct. All right. Fantastic. Let's put this one to bed because we're going to be in your ears before you know it, invading you once again with our main card picks and our props, our dogs, our parlays, our locks, all that fun stuff. Um, you can hit me up on the discord you can hit dan up there too you can hit all of us up there and all our friends sportsgumbypodcast.com slash discord twitter we are at sgpn mma and gumby vreeland and jeff fox writer that's my handle on instagram too jeff underscore fox underscore writer you can get my Substack in your inbox and you get more of me in your ears because i've started dropping podcasts on the Substack too because you know what dan talking is easier than the writing it is. Yeah. It's much easier. So, yeah, but I write as well. So that's moneymma.substack.com. Uh, and enter my pick em contest. No pick em contest this week because uh, this card I deemed not worthy enough. I have to uh, only do three cards a month. So this one is the least of the cards of, of UFC cards this month, I decided. And then Dump, Gum, Dumby. I called you Dumby. How rude. Gumby has got the top turtle MMA podcast. Showed up my feed today. I've not listened yet. So that's why I wasn't tipped off to any of your picks. Oh, Tell you're us in for about a treat. This week's- Oh, you're, tell you're us about for the episode, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Ch- uh, kicking off the show this week, uh, I chat with Chandler Cole, who you might remember from the Ultimate Fighter, the heavyweight season that was on recently. A uh, real fun dude. And in addition to that, he's now going to be on Contender Series uh, a little bit later on in the month. So I got a chance to talk to him uh, about all of that. He's a real fun guy. He does not like LFA, which is uh, also a pretty fun little tidbit there. And you can find out a little bit more about that. Uh, although he doesn't give me all the details. He saves those for off the air. But um, yeah, n- real fun interview with him and then a fun interview with Isaac Dolgarian as well. Okay, there you go. That's why he picked Dolgarian. That explains it. He's a I've, inter- I've interviewed uh, Francis Marshall before too. I That's interviewed true. him before That's he true. was on the, I don't know uh, why. the I series. I must be conflating him with the uh, South African fellow that you don't like off contender series. 
Oh, Cameron that, Simon. That you fight me on. <laughs> Maybe Cameron that's who, who I was thinking. I mean, they kind, of, they kind of look alike. Yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> Maybe that's <laughs> Maybe that's what I was doing. Anyhow, um, oh, I didn't tell you about sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Obviously, you know that's the place to be. Get all our podcasts, get all our articles. Gumby and I are giving killer MLB picks every day um, and everything else underneath the sun. Obviously, the NFL is almost back, baby. So we got you covered there. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And of course, on our Patreon, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. All right, we'll be back in your ears very, very shortly with the rest of our picks for this fun card until it will be me, Jeff Foxian, and my co-host, Daniel Gumby Vreelandian. That works. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye.